This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. It is an incredibly exciting moment today as we are about to cross live to Mexico City to speak to the Idea Studio Architects who have won the Rifacha Dirji Tameyus Prize to design Sharjah's next landmark, the Barjil Foundation's Modern Art Museum. I'm going to be speaking to the winners, Rolando Rodriguez and Natalia Vias, co-founders and directors of Idea Studio in Mexico City and we're also going to be speaking to architect Philip Michael Wolfson to find out what the judges thought as well as getting the perspective of the Brazil Art Foundation's very own curator Sohaila Takesh. That is all coming up right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. The Tameya's Excellence Award has just announced the winners of its Rifat Chaturji Prize, the annual thematic prize named after the prolific Iraqi architect and academic Dr. Rifat Chaturji. Part of Tameya's seven category awards program, this year the prize was held in partnership with Burjil Art Foundation. Proposals were sought for Sharjah's next cultural landmark, a modern Arab art museum, to house Burjia's extensive art collection full of stunning contemporary artwork from across the Middle East. The winning project came from Idea Studios' two co-founders, Rolando Rodriguez and Natalia Viask. Second place went to Solid, which includes Nadir Moro and Samah Zayed. And third place went to Mohammed Hassan El-Gindi. There's even a People's Choice Award, which was awarded to Cell Studio, Mohammed Sami Saeed, Tariq Ali, Mohammed Sarhan and Samah Abdul Karim, along with another six honorable mentions and the winners were selected by Tameyuz's jury members who met earlier this month where the winning proposals and honorable mentions were selected from a short list of 20 submissions with the commended designs being those that contextualize Sharjah's history and cultural identity in an innovative and contemporary manner while keeping in mind the rich cultural heritage and environmental conditions of the Emirate. We are about to hear from the winners, Rolando Rodriguez and Natalia Viask, who are joining us live on the line from Mexico City. Plus, we have with us Philip Michael Wolfson, one of the judges on the panel for the prize. And here in the studio with me is the curator for the Burjil Art Foundation, Sohaila Takish. Welcome to you all. Welcome, Sahila. Thank you, Sally. We're very pleased to be with you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, yes. So Hela is here, Michael is here, and Rolando yeah. is here. Now, Rolando and Natalia, I want to first say, Elf Mavruk, congratulations to you both. Uh, you two were actually long-listed for last year's Tameyus Prize, and this year you did it. Your proposal won over the judges. How does it feel to have your entry chosen? Well, we're, we're still sort of digesting the news. We're absolutely ecstatic with, um, with the announcement, and we're absolutely um, excited 
to, you know, like to hopefully take this forward and, and start a conversation on how to possibly, yeah, make this concept design a reality for this fantastic collection. It, it is incredible. I was having a look at your design and, and the details uh, that you went into uh, for this winning entry. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment and ask you to take us through your design. But first, Sohaila, I want to come to you uh, and, and ask you uh, about the Burjil Art Foundation collection. Because for us to understand uh, the prize itself and the winning entries, we need to understand the Burjil collection, which is, you know, really absolutely phenomenal. But talk to us about, you know, what it is. And what makes it so special? Sure. Um, so the foundation was established in 2009 uh, by a private collector, Sultan Saud al-Qasimi. So the entire foundation kind of centers around a private collection of art, uh, which all comes from the region, from uh, across the Arab world, and spans the 20th and the 21st century. So it's modern and contemporary art. Um, Sultan began collecting sometime around 2002, and at that point it has been sort of a hobby, but he always had plans to um, make the collection open and accessible to the public, and finally in 2009 uh, he made the decision to, um, you know, kind of open up the collection. And share it with the world. Share it with the world, share it with audiences, and... Um, since then, we've had multiple exhibitions, both locally, regionally, and internationally. We're continuing to work on new shows all the time. Um, and, of course, the collection itself is constantly growing. I mean, you visited the museum uh, only a couple of weeks ago, and you've seen a bulk of our modern collection. Um, so the focus, really, over the past few years has been on... Um, the artworks themselves, you know, you know growing the, the collection. Yeah, exactly. I visited last week, um, A Century Influx was the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely stunning. You know, as somebody who uh, has a, a deep interest in art and studied art history and yeah. uh, all of that kind of thing, uh, had never seen Arab art represented in such a way, you know, in this one gallery, you walk in and you feel the power and the history and the culture and the beauty and the experiences of all of these artists from across the Middle East all in one room. It was almost overwhelming. This is the most stunning collection of Arab art I had ever seen. Well, absolutely. You know, you're you're right. It's uh, it's very rare to see so many different artists from the Arab world represented in one place. And um, Barjil really is, you know, is one of the few places that kind of focuses on this, uh, you know, let's say niche. Yes. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of work still to be done on documenting these um, artworks, the writing, the artist's histories, uncovering uh, kind of lost. Uh, or forgotten artists and their practices. Mm. Um, so these histories of modern Arab art are still being written. And so it's a very exciting time for Arab art, I would say globally, because um, it's finally, you know, starting to be recognized as part of the of, of global modernism. That it was happening at the same time exactly. as Western modernism. There was a lot going on here in the region when we're talking about visual arts and the, the development 
of the arts here in the Middle East. Absolutely. And these artists were always in conversation with their peers internationally. So this art wa wasn't, you know, sort of developed in an insular fashion. Um, artists were traveling to and from uh, Europe, uh, North America, Japan, China, uh, the USSR. Uh, they were getting trained in art academies. Artists from those regions were also coming to the Arab world, uh, showing and exhibitions and training artists here so this has always been a two-way dialogue and I think that's something that makes this um, art you know special but also uh, places it uh, in, in a kind of um, a position of uh, being a part of an international movement. A cultural exchange. Yes. Absolutely. Um, uh, Rolando and Natalia, I want to come back to you and kind of, you know, hearing that from Sahela and, and looking at the brief that you were presented with, tell us how you thought about this and, and what how you came up with the design. Well, I mean, I would just start by saying that um, from the minute we heard that Samayus was partnering with Bargis to launch this competition, we were immediately immediately hooked in. We're very... I mean, we lived in the UAE for five years. We, we worked with Janovel on the on the Jura Abu Dhabi for five years. And we know how vibrant is the cultural and the art scene in charge. I mean, we, we usually follow the Biennale very closely. We were always eager to come by to the Art Foundation and and follow all the you know the newest exhibits and the artworks themselves. So you are no so, strangers I mean, to to uh, to the art scene here in Sharjah. No, no, we were we were avid um, uh, you know like um, followers of, of all the developments, and mm -hmm. so for us, once we got a little bit acquainted with the collection of Barjil through the multiple you know like uh, digital media, like all the talks from. Uh, from Sultan Sudan and Kasemi and all everything that we've been able to to collect online, we started crafting an experience around the artwork so that you know this would be really an immersive experience for the visitor, something that you know that would feel very unique and very specific to Sharjah itself. I, I love that so much. Uh, it, it's interesting um, because. Uh, in uh, your proposal, you actually said this is not an architectural object. Um, talk to us a little bit about what you meant by that. Um, well, well, basically, we, we we know the area. We know right. we've been actually passing by it a few times uh, because we were actually visiting the uh, the American University. Uh, so, um, what we wanted to do straight away, knowing this site, uh, we wanted to actually make an introverted building uh, in order to keep the artwork um, sort of more in a mysterious way inside, and in order to um, to present the building as, as as like a fortress in a way, like protecting the, the artwork. Yes, you called it a fortress. Yes. This is so, so interesting, yeah. You're protecting the artwork, but also at the same time, like you said, it's an introverted building. It's it's kind of inviting you in, but at the same time, um, protecting the art. Yes, in, in many ways, um, this concept or this notion of the fortress has, you know, a, more of a contemplated experience. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that you know, appreciation of art it's a it's a very personal experience. So. It, Immediately, also due to the context, we knew 
we have a, a very specific context with, you know, with the big highway, with a sort of low-density residential district and some industrial facilities nearby. So we very much were eager to create a sort of introverted experience to allow the user to discover the artwork in a sort of journey. But for us, definitely, it was not about designing an, an object per se, but more about designing more of a carved um, medieval city in a way where you would find courtyards and double height spaces and water and everything would be crowned by this intricate roof which would, would allow you to actually spend as much time possible outdoors as well. Uh, you mentioned that you actually worked with um, Atelier Jean Nouvel as well. You were part of the core team that designed the Louvre of Dhabi. I feel like that prepared you uh, for creating the design for the Brazilian Modern Art Museum. We're going to come back. Just stay with me on the line, Rolando and Natalia uh, and Michael as well. I want to come to you next. Uh, we're going to come back in just a moment, talk about how the roof uh, creates uh, this uh, not only uh, a stunningly beautiful visual design, but also uh, contributes to the sustainability and uh, the, the way that the, the building interacts with the elements. Uh, it's quite incredible. That's all coming up next here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. The heart of Sharjah. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We are talking the winning proposal for the Tameus Prize, the Rafat Chaturji Prize for the new Bargil Modern Art Museum. With me on the line, I've got uh, Rolando and Natalia from Idea Architecture Studio in Mexico City, as well as Michael Wolfson, uh, the founder of uh, Wolfson Design as well. One of the judges, we're going to be uh, coming to Michael in uh, just a moment. Uh, but uh, Rolando and Natalia, um, I want to kind of ask you about the way that you've created this uh, beautiful roof that, you know, is kind of uh, woven. It's a really gorgeous woven design. And how you've actually incorporated the idea of the Bargil, because of course, as we know, this is called Bargil Art Foundation for a reason. Um, and uh, how you created all of that and put it together in your design. So, uh, well, just to, well, for our first intention was to actually provide a lot of shading for, for obviously the, the people visiting the museum and, and the building itself. Um, uh, and mainly because we actually wanted to activate uh, the outdoor spaces, create courtyards, create the, the promenade where, where, the, where the sculptures would be exhibited. Uh, so the, the roof was, was, uh, was, a, was an answer for that. Obviously, the wind towers, but these were, were, uh, were the name of the foundation, so obviously we needed to use that as well. Mm. That was very obvious from the very beginning. Uh, so we, we basically decided to join these two elements, uh, not only to actually provide a sustainable um, uh, part of the building, but as well uh, sort of a structure and, and, and as well, well, in a way, an artwork on its own. So that was sort of our intention. Uh, it's incredibly beautiful. So, Hela, uh, I want to get your thoughts, and I'm going to come to Michael. Um, you know, it is called Bargil Art Foundation for a reason. So this is a very important element, isn't it? Sure. Uh, well, the Bargil, of course, is famous for being kind of a traditional element in Emirati, but not only Emirati, but just regional architecture, Persian architecture, Gulf architecture. And it's the wind tower that uh, catches... 
uh, cool air and channels it into the interiors of the uh, building. Mm. And, you know, of course, for us, it's uh, more of a symbolic name in terms of kind of catching currents and channeling them into the production of uh, knowledge, exhibitions and so forth. Um, but we were very excited to see all the different ways in which the uh, the participants, all of the entries, uh, reinterpreted this idea of the Brazil in different ways. And I have to say, you know, <laughs> I almost didn't imagine you could uh, think of the Brazil in so many different ways. Exactly. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, using so many different materials. Um, so that was definitely um, beautiful to see and the winning design as well. Congratulations, by the way, guys. <laughs> uh, it's really Thank wonderful you. what you have done. Um, we really enjoyed the kind of the woven structures and how there's a connection to traditional crafts and weaving, um, you know, palm fronds weaving and so forth um, that is practiced in the region. So we thought that was a very uh, lovely detail as well. Yes, yes. Michael, uh, I want to bring yeah. you in now as uh, one of the judges on the panel how hard was it to judge this yeah well like I told you before it was it's it's always difficult and we had some fabulous entries um, and and you know the the winners and yes congratulations to, to all of you um the winning prizes were just um, they just ticked all the boxes and 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 had potential you know so much potential they looked at it in a, in a non-static way which is really, I think, what the Bargeel Foundation is all about, as, as we just heard. Yeah, exactly. And, and so in, in terms of uh, the winning design uh, from Idea Architecture Studio, your thoughts uh, on, on their design and how uh, they created uh, this building that uh, is both inviting but also really responds to the cultural elements, responds to uh, the environmental elements... Yeah, it was the, it was the, the the roof is really that whole structure and the reinterpretation of the Bargeel. Um it, it really is a cathedral for art, which was which was quite stunning, um, and it has so much potential. You know, the brief that we had was quite open, which of course makes it for an exciting competition. Mm. But, but the proposal, all the proposals, including the winning entry, have have potential to adapt. And and, and what's exciting is the way that you know one can see how those can be adapted. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in terms of um, uh, Rolanda and uh, Natalia, the way that uh, you created the roof as well, um, you know, it looked to me the Bargil aspects of, of your design, they almost look like palm trees, you know, the way that they were just coming through the building that way and just like a, in a very powerful but as well delicate kind of way. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, we want, I mean, like that sort of organic element with a contrast with the more orthogonal, more sort of the square uh, configuration of the buildings themselves. Mm. So there is definitely something uh, poetic between the tension between the two elements, the building which is a bit more square, a bit more rigid, and because, of course, it needs to house the collection and it needs to be a, a comfortable facility, and on the other hand, the sculptural element, the roof and the Vargil fused together in this sort of tandem, working in, you know, in providing a, you know, a nicer atmosphere with passive cooling and trying to maximize as much as possible this effect that the wind towers are well known for. And I mean, there is, it's, it's not a, 
not a casualty that, you know, even uh, so many hundreds of years later, we're still trying to re- rethink them because they were such an efficient way of actually enabling life outdoors. And, and so, I mean, yeah, so I, I guess there is a, you know, we were immediately, because we tried so many options, um, you know, in the first stages of the competition. So when we came to this one option and, and the roof has started materializing and that it provided this sort of more, um, yeah, like our interpretation of the vernacular in a way with the weaving technique, we thought it actually strikes that note of, the, you know, contemporary, but at the same time carrying a narrative for the for the history of the place and what makes the charges specific and so unique. And it's so beautiful. It is all about as well the way that the light kind of penetrates the building, the way that it, it, it plays on the walls, the way that it, it protects um, uh, the artworks and the building itself from the heat. So there are so many different elements there, aren't there? Absolutely. And and I think that our, you know, our time in the UAE and, I mean, that's immediately informed... Um, obviously having worked on the Louvre as well where the light is such an important element. So there is definitely a narrative that carries forward from yeah, from the light quality of the of the building in, in Abu Dhabi in the Louvre and how we try to uh, yeah, capture or, you know, like re- reinterpret also that in, in a different way, something which is built more unique to shard. I mean, for us, for example, the, the making the roof made out of wood was essential. We want a, a structure which, which is um, low emissive, that is, that it doesn't radiate too much heat, mm. and wood is a perfect material for that, and it also, at the same time, it obviously provides the shading. It is perfect. It is amazing. We're going to come back in just a moment. Talk about the different uh, parts of uh, your winning design as well. Talk about the galleries and, and how the different elements, uh, there are courtyards, it's kind of open but closed at the same time. It is very beautiful. We're going to be uh, talking about the the elements there uh, and uh, talking a little bit more about uh, the other uh, e- entries as well uh, that were part of the competition. More to come here on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. It's a Shaja story. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, we are talking architecture this hour and particularly uh, the Brazil. A modern Art Museum, there's a, a winning proposal from the Rifat Chatterji Prize. And uh, with me on the line, I've got uh, the winners, Rolando Rodriguez and Natalia Viasque from Mexico City, talking about their incredible, uh, beautiful design as well. Uh, Sohaila Takesh is here in the studio. And Michael Wolfson is on the line as well, uh, architect and artist and one of the judging panel. I want you to take us... Uh, through this, Michael, in terms of uh, the process that uh, you guys went through in the judging of these uh, incredible proposals, um, you know, what were you looking at? Was it, uh, you know, the, it, let's go through the different elements: the innovation, the sustainability aspect, uh, you know, all of the of the different uh, ways uh, that you were considering these proposals. Well, we had to look at, you know, um, 
the reinterpretation of the Bargio. I think that was something that was really exciting. Um, and in fact, I, you know, I think there should be an exhibition of, of all of the winning entries in, in Sharjah because it would really start a conversation about how the Bargio can be reinterpreted for architecture today. Um, and that was something that we, we really didn't expect to find because it, it is a traditional element that, that does have so much potential. And the winning entry certainly, you know, showed that. Um, the, the flow, you know, there's certain things you look at when, you, when you're looking for a, a, um, how it works. Um, the flow through the building, the flow through the, flow through the site, um, the quality of the spaces that are, that are presented. Mm. Um, we weren't, you know, there wasn't a fixed brief. So there's, there's scope for, for um, you know, development. In, in the in the proposals, but they're just initial ideas, and 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 it's also, you know, there's always one image that that says what this project is all about, and I think that's what really you know caught us, the judges, um, going through these these top entries, and it made it easier to um to to, to decide which ones were really going to be the winners. They really are stunning. What a difficult job it must have been uh, to go through all of these. It really was, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I think we have to give a special mention to the People's Choice uh, winner as well, because that that was a, a stunning design too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, no, and, and I think when you look at the People's Choice with the top three that we've got um, and, and the others, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really fabulous um, Selection, yeah. and impossible, to, impossible, really, to decide what's the right way to go ahead. But you know, the idea is that it stimulates a conversation with the Bargio Foundation um, to to see where they're going to go with the with the with the development. Mm. And your thoughts, Sahela, when you you know looked at these designs and particularly the winning proposal as well, could you imagine the the collection that you have? How many works are there in the collection, by the way? Um, there's uh, a little over 1,200 works in the collection, um, as I mentioned, just, uh, you know, due to our uh, system of uh, documenting these works, we never know exactly the number because <laughs> um, each piece is documented um, by the number of elements and not as a single piece. And so uh, while we don't have an exact figure, it is over 1,200 pieces in the collection. Mm. And when I saw the shortlisted entries, um, as of course, you know, we were not involved in the judging process, so we didn't see um, all of the uh, all of the participating designs. But um, the 20 that were shortlisted, you know, my initial reaction, like I was immediately drawn to the interior shots rather than the exterior uh, renderings of these designs just because I was trying to imagine the collection in the space. And, you know, um, because I spent so much time with these artworks, I immediately start thinking okay where can my favorite pieces go and where would this be displayed and <laughs> so um, it was definitely very exciting for us to sit and look through these entries and um, with the wedding design in particular I was uh, very drawn to the sculpture um, uh, gallery and you know the kind of the space they gave for these three-dimensional works, which, uh, to be frank, sometimes can be a challenge, um, as well as an opportunity, you know, to think about how to display things that are not two-dimensional, that you can't just stick on a wall, and, um, you know, there's potential to create an experience where 
visitors can walk around them. They're guided, uh, you know, sort of in a certain way from one piece to another. And so I think that was probably one of the more exciting um, moments in the space for me. Yes. Uh, Rolando and uh, Natalia, talk to us about the flow that you kind of designed around this for the galleries, the courtyards, and how it all kind of works together. Uh, well, basically, we we started with with the fact that we wanted to we wanted to actually uh, have a low rise building, and we very early on decided to to sort of um, put all the galleries uh, below the street level. Uh, in that way, we uh, what we did is actually uh, we provided, uh, let's say, again another shelter for the artwork uh, because obviously in the in this region, the sun is very vertical, so we we, we thought. That would be the idea that uh, basically you get some sunlight, but it's not not like it's not really uh, getting into the galleries itself. We wanted to create like a path for the people to walk around the galleries, but with uh, with views towards courtyards from now and then. So there's a bit of a play with daylight and darker areas. And uh, well, the path there's, there's there's obviously a proposed path, but as well we wanted people to have some freedom in choosing where to go, what to see. Mm. And uh, as well, I mean, as, as, as it was mentioned, I mean, we actually studied quite well the collection. Uh, there was quite a bit of pieces. The document provided was very thorough. And we did actually uh, see a lot of sculptures, as, as it was mentioned, a lot of installations, a lot of 3D pieces. And, and, and that definitely, um, uh, because of that, we decided to do this uh, outdoor walk with, with the sculptures which uh, I'm glad it, it, it's been noticed and, and, and uh, appreciated. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, exactly. This is one of the, the elements that definitely caught my eye as well, the fact that you've got two levels that are actually underground there, um, you know, making that building even cooler. Yes, no, definitely. I mean, like, we we did... We do know, of, you know, one thing or two about how to keep art in in an optimum condition. Uh, five years in in Abu Dhabi definitely uh, taught us that. And um, and but at the same time, we did. I mean, like this should not be a compromise for the user. Um, you, you need to you need to create the right environment for the art, artwork and for the visiting experience. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you cannot have. Uh, you know, water features, ponds, or, you know, in, in this instance, the Vardigs also come down into the courtyards and they're always present. So, in a way, um, we definitely put a lot of thought into how the experience of the user would unfold once inside the, the museum itself. Yeah, and and as we were talking about uh, the, the roof, the way the Safifa kind of uh, idea of the weaving uh, works into that, you know, there's a play of light that's going on uh, inside the building as you kind of tour through it, uh, which kind of then, you know, it informs uh, your own experience of, of viewing the art as well. Uh, Michael, I want to kind of ask you about this element because um, it's it's almost like uh, as we see with um, the Louvre Abu Dhabi, um, the, I, I see this being the same way in that the building actually becomes a work, a work of art as well to be enjoyed and to be experienced uh, while you are there um, looking at the art itself. That's really the, the experience is what, what, you know, that's the key word because 
you're, you're not, you shouldn't be going just to look at a painting. I mean, it's got to appeal to a larger public. And to do that, you've got to have an exciting program, which I think the Bargeo Foundation does offer. And I think this project offers the opportunity to really, um, to really dive into it. You know, your, your experience there is, is complete. It's, it's, you know, you have the potential to, to do everything and look at art, which, which makes it really, um, it just ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It has to be a place that uh, you want to be in. It's, it's the feeling, you know, the, a building yeah. can be beautiful, uh, but if it doesn't, you know, give you that feeling inside of, of, of wanting to be there, um, that is really the ultimate, isn't it? And and also, you want the feeling to, that you want to go back. Yes, yes, absolutely. More important. <laughs> and then, <laughs> not it, a one-time event. Exactly, it is not a one-time event. It's it's something to be uh, looked at, not just uh, from the inside, the the outside as well. Something to be savored. Um, but uh, you know, as well as that, um, this is very much something that that looks like it it could become. Uh, an iconic kind of a building, you know, the the way that it's been designed as well. Would you would you agree with that? What makes for for that kind of iconic building that just really stands out that people will always remember? I think it's the memory of the experience. Mm. Isn't it? I mean, it's it's when you go there, the fact that you want to go back and yeah. you enjoy it, and you're you're not feeling, um, you know, you're feeling a part of the city, and I think that's where project has is, is really got so much potential because it, it embraces the city, doesn't it? Mm, mm, the way it can, the, the program can be developed uh, and the, the spaces can be used. There's a variety of spaces there, which makes it really interesting. Really, really interesting. It just, it speaks so much to Sharjah. You know, it's so <laughs> contemporary. Really, yeah. It does. Yet it's international. Yes, exactly. That's, what, that's what's really special about it. It's not, it's not regional. You know, it's not, it's developed vernacular, local vernaculars, but it's put it on an international level. And that's what's really exciting. Yes, it absolutely has. We're going to take a, a, a short break. We're going to come back in just a moment uh, and, and look at, uh, look forward um, in terms of, you know, hopefully seeing this building uh, come up and uh, what's next for uh, Rolando and uh, Natalia as well. More to come on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's a Shasha story. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. It really is the ultimate art oasis. Just uh, chatting with uh, Sahela in the break just then, um, it, you know, because you did say that you weren't involved in the judging of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, in writing up the brief and the program of, of exactly what you wanted yes. to be in the building, <laughs> you just kind of went crazy and just went, what do, what do we want? <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, uh, the sky was the limit. We just sat with our team and started thinking about, you know, what would be amazing for a museum. And, of course, you know, exhibition spaces and classrooms and so on are kind of a given. But then we just... Uh, started imagining and thought, well, what if we have a rooftop terrace for workshops? Or what if we have a screening room and a cafe and, you know, sort of uh, semi-formal spaces for some educational programs that can be uh, repurposed into something else Mm -hmm. at a different time. And so, you know, I think this was uh, one of the most fun parts for us uh, to just kind of imagine what what this could be and uh, 
put everything down on paper without kind of any reservations about whether or not it can actually be realized, you know? Right, right. Uh, because at that stage, everything was really open. And, you know, I think that was a really fantastic experience for us as well as a team to yeah. think about these things. And Rolanda and um, Natalia, uh, you guys looked at that. Uh, and with your background, you know, you, you guys are, are based in Mexico City. Uh, but you have quite a background here in the UAE uh, with Sharjah, with understanding the the art scene here as well. And and being able to kind of speak to that, you were with Zaha Hadid Architects as um, uh, uh, lead architects there. You worked with uh, Atelier Jean Nouvel as well. All of that really was preparing you for this for this winning proposal, wasn't it? It, it did. I mean, uh, which is why we're so thrilled and so excited because, um, in a way, um, I mean, the time we've spent in the region. Like also, the, obviously, professionally, the experience that we have gained also in the country. So this feels very personal to us in a way, because like you pretty much say, it's almost like we were geared. I mean, we were geared towards, um, uh, you know, venturing deeper into into this this typology. I mean, as a matter of fact, we, I mean, five years working on on the Louvre has actually prompted this real fascination for the for the museum typology overall and so our you know our mission at the moment is to try as much as possible to yeah to, to bring contemporary solutions which are very much based on experience and not just on objects mm. so we very much believe that it's the visitor that makes the, the journey special Absolutely. It is uh, the, the visitor and their experience that makes the journey special. Um, I, I want to ask you and, and I want to ask uh, uh, also uh, Michael about this point. But in terms of, um, you know, working with uh, the environment, working with the elements, you did mention, you know, the Bajil, reintroducing that and reimagining it. Uh, how do you think about um, in terms of design uh, for such harsh conditions and, and uh, being energy efficient and all of those things, how does that play into uh, how you design? Well, it's, it's at the core, really. Mm. I mean, like, you need to have a sustainability story. Yes. And you need to, you need to, you need to, and um, you need to make the space livable. Um, you know, artworks, you know, require very specific conditions in terms of humidity and temperature. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that you need to design enclosed facilities which are completely deprived from an outdoor experience. So very much at the core of our, you know, of our design, of our concept was how can we have that, but at the same time, you know, have a, a, an outdoor experience and let people wander off and have, like, different gorgeous experience, some of them may be activated by programs, by a cafe or by activities and some others maybe just contemplative spaces maybe with memorials or some other type of, uh, of, of artwork displays uh, display more you know specific or suitable for outdoors mm, mm, so, mm. but at the core of it is the sustainability story I mean passive cooling using the tools for uh, you know passive evaporation to creating as much airflow as possible having I mean the, the choice of stone is also not uh, not not you know, casual. I mean, like we are looking at um, white, light materials that reflect as much heat as possible, not to create a heat island effect. Uh, so it, that's pretty much. I mean, it's uh, for us 
really, and you know, in all our practice, I mean, in, in today's world, you cannot sustainability is not all, it's not anymore an add-on. It really needs to be at the core of your of your work as a practice of an architect. It is absolutely essential. Uh, Michael, when you were looking at the different designs, uh, how did you see them incorporating sustainability elements there? Well, and they all had to make a proposal that dealt with that. So, mm. you know, it was an aspect that we looked at. And I think with the winning entry, what's exciting is that you get this um, a kind of a, a recreation of a, a mini urban environment. And and because of that, you know, you've got the control of the climate, which the, the, the wooden roof you know, gives you, but then you've got the protection for the paintings and that exhibition at the lower levels. I was just thinking it's so difficult to be talking about it, you know, on the radio because the viewers don't really see these images, so they, oh, they don't it. understand. We're going to put it on but our social them. media. It will be everywhere. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> they will see it for sure. It is exactly yeah, like, like you're saying. You need to see it to kind of really uh, get a feel. Yeah, because I think people have this idea of a static museum in mind. Yes. And, and none of the entries are that. And, and that's what's really special. Yeah. And, and to, you know, this whole um, mini street scene that you've got with this winning proposal uh, offers the opportunity to do so much more. You know, that's where it's really great. Uh, well, it's a, a stunning design. It's incredibly yeah. exciting. Um, uh, the uh, ceremony, in fact, uh, where everybody's uh, going to be uh, awarded is going to be happening in December. Um, but uh, uh, Natalia and Rolando, congratulations once again. It is such a beautiful design. We really hope that it comes to fruition. It could be some time before uh, we see it uh, come up. But congratulations. Thank you so much. It's absolutely ph phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Michael. We would, also, we would also like to thank, if I may, Salis, uh, like yes. the Camacho Excellency Award and other organizations that went behind. It's been really uh, for us as participants, the clarity, like the th how thorough the, the brief was put together, the, how the communication has been flowing. It's been really a tremendous experience for, for us as participants. So, I think they do definitely deserve a lot of credit in, in how successful the entire operation went. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Uh, a, a big thanks to uh, Ahmed Al-Malak as well uh, for uh, all of this. Um, uh, Sahila, I want to thank you for being with me. Um, Michael as well. Michael Paulson. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. So congratulations to everybody. Well done on yep. this. Um, and we can't wait to see it all come together. <laughs> I agree. <Definitely>. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. We would hope so as well. We love you guys too. Amazing. Uh, we hope to see you here in Sharjah. We need you guys to come yes. over. Michael, well, you too. We are actually planning after after the award ceremony to come down to you. We actually have friends to visit and... I think you're going to do so. We would, we would love to actually meet you in person. We possible. would love that. And Michael, you, you have to come to, you too. You need to go stand around the site. <laughs> feel the energy because it's all, this is where it's coming. This is where it's yeah. all coming up. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Sally. Thank you.
And uh, uh, Sohaila, we need to have you back again uh, because uh, you are currently, you made the time today. I want to thank you uh, so much for that. You made the time today out of your very busy schedule. You're hanging up a new exhibition. Tell us very quickly. We are. As we're speaking right now, the rest of my team is hanging, uh, installing at the Sharjah Art Museum. So it's the second chapter of our long-term collaboration with the museum. So come next week and see our new show. It starts on the 3rd, I think. It does. Yes. So be there. There, Sharjah Art Museum. There's a lot happening there with the uh, the Brazil Art Foundation, and we're going to have you back again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to tell us all about it. Incredible collection. Uh, so looking forward to that. But thank you so much for today. Thank you so much, Sally. Lots more coming up here on Life Beats on Pulse ninety five. This is Pulse ninety five. Tune in live every weekday from ten a.m.